The Bazaar is an explicit radio program, listener discretion is advised. Welcome! Got something that might interest you. <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome to the finale of Season 2, Episode 52, and it has come full circle. I was originally drawn to fear with this man. It is Daniel Robinette. Daniel, welcome back. You are the inaugural guest and you're here now for the last guest of Season 2. How does it feel to be back? Oh, it feels great, and I feel I feel so honored to be back on. I was, I mean, I'm excited to kind of reconnect again, and uh, and I'm just I'm stoked, man. Excellent. Well, let's not pretend that we've actually been chatting, catching up, but we have to go over <laughs> a little bit of that. But for those, um, I suppose we haven't <clears throat> spoken now. It's it's two years, so it's nearly coming up on the two year anniversary of the show. What have you been up to the last two years? But I suppose no, uh, I won't ask you that first. For those who might have missed okay. the first episode, because a, a long way back, refresh the audience and new listeners alike on who are you, what do you do? I am a filmmaker, but currently right now my group makes short films. Uh, our, our production group is Four Leagues Media. And when I first spoke with Richard a couple of years ago, it was off him reviewing our first short film drawn to fear excellent and since then i have got a few reviews i've been very lazy with the reviews lately with all my moving <laughs> about but you've, you've had the time will come you've had yeah. tethered and yep. you had gal me if i'm pronouncing that correctly and recently yep. the reason that i have you on you had nervous breakdown which is sort of a, a throwback uh, short film to the yes. 80s very aesthetically yes. pleasing little movie but before we get on to that yeah tell us about the other couple of movies like what how did you get the juices flowing for those and getting those up to speed <clears throat> well you and i i mean we've kind of kept in touch uh since drawn to fear and by the way i think that you've done a hell of a job with the podcast and with your guests and Again, I'm going to tell you that I, I'm just again, I'm just very excited to be back on again. But since Drawn to Fear, I know you've seen every one of the short films that we've done. Not everybody has had a chance to see them. Every one of our short films has been kind of in lockdown mode, so none of them have ever gone public. And that's because with every short film that we do, you know, we have we always have a, a concept in the back of our head of how to turn that into a feature film. So, you know, some our short films are kind of a combination of standalone slash proof of concepts. And, you know, we've every short film that we've done, we've kind of pushed the envelope in one way or another for our, our production group to kind of test ourselves and see how far we could go. And and they all kind of vary um, in cons, kind of in execution or style a little bit. But we still have, you know, and, and I think you said it before, Richard, that there's a style in there that is evident of four leagues media films but each one has been a little bit different i'd say that each one definitely falls into the horror genre in one way shape or form and uh this this latest one that we did was kind of my opportunity to is my tribute to the 80s horror films that i grew up with uh that i loved so much and you know i still watch them now 
and looking back and and I'm like this this movie was freaking great it was awesome but then you know if I if I show a movie that I saw in the 80s to someone that has grown up you know during their 20s they may not appreciate the 80s genre as much as I did so we knew what we were tackling or getting into with nervous breakdown but it was something that I, I feel like we needed to do and uh we actually brought in a new writer or specifically a writer to our group Cooper Thornton and he did a hell of a job coming up with this concept and writing it out and uh you know we all kind of our group gave feedback so it was a process to get the the whole piece written but he's super talented and we were very happy with how the story came out and then we just kind of executed on our end and put our four league stamp on it and it's getting ready to uh hopefully hit the festival circuit soon excellent and just on like the you saying it's an 80s throwback like in regards to that do you think it is just the timing of we'll say your age and just is there an appetite for it because people now you know there's like kung fury which is like 80s action there was yeah. stranger things which is obviously a great yeah. call back to the 80s and then the likes of we'll say the new it films being primarily set in the 80s why mm -hmm. do you think the 80s is so prominent and why do you think he picked the 80s here as your style why not go 70s gelato or anything like that why the 80s specifically <laughs> well you know the 80s were very impressionable for me i was when so i i grew up and and my youth existed during the 80s so you know i was let me think here eight through you know my teens growing up in the 80s right and so because i was so impressionable these horror films that i saw when i was a little kid they scared the shit out of me and yeah. that you know some of that has stuck with me even as an adult and so you know because there was burned and emblazoned on my brain so so much there's probably a negative side to that that exists but i think that it's also inspired me to and and to recreate that again now that i have the ability to with this film group and i think that you know as far as stranger things kind of came out i and i'm pretty sure that maybe stranger things was right around the time that they kind of led the charge of 80s horror kind of going back to that i think there was some independent stuff already happening before stranger things but they definitely made it mainstream and you know just it's not that it was so popular that that's why i wanted to do it it just happened to be that the timing was such and i think we're a little late to the game there have been so many kind of nods and tributes back to the 80s films that have happened already the past five years that um that's obviously not something new that i'm doing uh, uh but i felt like i, I needed to do that uh, because I loved those films so much and, and they kind of shaped and evolved my thought process and how I kind of look at horror, even the, the modern day pieces. So that's why we did it. Yeah. So you reckon like everyone who's old enough now to be in a position to make these would have grown up in the 80s in that regard? Is that sort of Yeah, what I think that's a is? fair assessment. Yeah, yeah. If you think about that, and, and I hadn't really thought about it. I was actually, it's funny because... Uh, my wife and I were talking about the generations and, and politics moving forward. And I'm generation, I'm Gen, uh, Gen Xer. So I think that, yeah, the Generation X is kind of moving into those roles in business where word to the decision makers are becoming those decision makers and kind of starting to um, be able to, you know, create things and, and be in a position to decide what's going to happen. So I think that because those those are people that, 
probably primarily grew up in the 80s and probably, you know, crossing over a little bit into the 90s, you're seeing that now. That that could definitely be the reason. That makes sense to me. Hmm. Yeah, because I'm wondering, like, I'm a little bit younger than you. In 10, 15 years' time, is it going to be, like, 90s horror remakes, like Scream or something? Is it going to be really popular again? Who's to say? Well, yeah. we were, Our group and our, was already talking about that. We were like, you know, because the 90s were also very big with, uh, with horror it was just a different type of horror and and i love those films as well they're they have their own you know horror films seem to have this decade feel to them you have the 80s ones you have the 90s ones and you know even i don't know we call them the 2000s is that the the 2000 to 2010 yeah what yeah. is it the noughties <laughs> um that's the name but yeah i think the ni- <laughs> the 90s could be the 90s could be next and if they are, then what are we what are we talking like? Final Destination, Scream. Well, I suppose that was like the the DVD era and dodgy CGI. Like I I don't know is there necessarily a thing because Scream in and of itself was like a meta take on ages. Oh yeah. So yeah. What are you gonna do like meta cubed? Because I think Scream Three was like <laughs> a movie within a movie within a movie kind of thing. So who's to say? Who's to say? But you I think... don't know. Yeah, it's... the writer in our group, um, he was a, he's actually a, a huge fan of '90s films, so um, that might be something that we look at. I don't know. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I suppose like the movie, just aesthetically that you've done there, Nervous Breakdown, it did lend itself to the '80s, but it could have been set any time. I think the only issue you might have run into, and without getting into much spoilers, but find my iPhone feature in the present day might have helped a lot um <laughs> but given that it is grounded in the 80s do you, do you think you could have put it in modern day or did you really just want to for your own sake have a throwback to the generation that gave you so much influence well since you've seen it you know that that the abandoned car concept um that is featured in this in, in this short film we so we wanted to really land on coming up kind of semi creating an urban legend and and there's another film there for you in the 90s uh urban legends was from the 90s wasn't it yeah it was i think 90 yeah. whatever 97 and this is this would be a good conversation for you and i here actually right now have you so the the you know when you're driving down the road and and you see this is from my perspective and i've seen uh, growing up on the east coast i've seen you know, thousands of cars growing up that are pulled over on the side of the road and there's just a rag hanging from the side view mirror or the window. Have you ever seen that? I have never seen a rag on the window. That was something okay. when watching the movie, I was kind of saying, what is this about? And then it went into the whole, you know, loads of cars have been surrendered across this road and streets. I don't think that's the thing. Most of the cars you see in Ireland, especially, they're just like for sale or something there's no like abandoned cars because there's no giant right. stretch of road i think the the longest you can drive in ireland is like for 350 kilometers you know like whatever 200 miles 250 miles like it's a, a small country so it's not like there's giant stretches of road where you could get abandoned you're more than likely just mm-hmm. a few miles walk from the nearest town to get help it's never well- freezing conditions either that you could die from exposure because you're stuck out in the middle of nowhere so <laughs> like you always right, so <laughs> yeah go on <laughs> no as i was gonna say was so the problem was that when we came up with 
this concept of the abandoned cars and the rags being on. So let me explain to you. So here on the East Coast, and as far as our research went, this this goes all the way up north to New York. Um, so you're looking New York, New Jersey. I don't know. I don't know about Connecticut, Maine, Northeast area, but you know now you're going to Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, all the way kind of, and it starts to trickle away as you get to Florida. This is a thing you can drive. So if you're driving down the road and your car breaks down, if you run out of gas, your car breaks down in some way, shape or form, and you pull over the, the default is that when you get out of your car to walk and go either get gas or call for help or do whatever, if you're leaving your car there, you put a rag on the outside, a t-shirt, a rag, a towel, something that signifies that you are coming back. Right. This is the weirdest thing. So it it is, it is existed here as, I mean, since I was a kid and I asked my, when I went, I remember when I went home to visit my parents in Pennsylvania, we were just talking about, developing this concept and i asked my dad about it i was like have you always seen that and he said yeah as far as he as since you know he could remember as a kid yeah he's always seen these cars and then i asked him the same thing i was like what does that signify he says it means i'm going to come back and get my car i was like okay just making sure so everybody in our group with the exception of kayla who's from scotland had seen the cars like this you know you and and i swear to god i mean you just come over here Drive down the highways. If you just just for thirty minutes, you're going to find a car pulled over on the side of the road, and it's going to be rag on. Right. Um, so we wanted to create a re- like a legend about what's actually happening to those people. Yeah. And the problem was, so once we started, we got into it, we started researching it, um, and we were like, this might only be a thing on the east coast of the United States. So how does that translate internationally? And we were like, well, you know. The people abandon cars or leave their cars on the road everywhere, right? I mean, so we made some assumptions, and then we, and then beyond that, we thought, well, even if even if that they don't experience that, um, there's still a story here, and then you know the story still holds. Um, it's just if you happen to experience that here, there's a little more weight to it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're projecting that sentiment there, but having watched it and never seen that. I was like, yeah, look, even if this concept has just been created for the short movie, I can get behind it. It was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You're surrendering the car or whatever. That yeah, so- you'd be back. But, yeah, that's something because those in the audience, uh, Dan has always sent me like first look outside the group for someone in a different country for his <laughs> yes. shorts. So he's like, look, we've all been like circle jerking for the last uh, couple of weeks making this. <laughs> Um, can you tell me whether this is shit or not? And then I yeah, and I pe- I pester you about it too because I know when I send it over, I'm like, all right, well, I know he got it like one day ago. Now I know he's got it three days ago. <laughs> Richard, why haven't you watched it? Why haven't you told me what you think? It's only to be fair, the pestering long. does work. Anyone listening? Um, I do have a big backlog <laughs> in the emails. I apologize for anyone who may be listening, hoping to eventually get on the show. <laughs> but <laughs> Dan is persistent. Especially now because he has yes. my mobile number as well. So I'm getting texts. I'm getting late night phone calls. He's waking me from my sleep. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to take advantage of it. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it uh, it was a fun movie. Um, there's lots of little secrets and nods. And we've been discussing off air a few different things because it's, it's currently not finalized. You've had like a few different versions flying around and you're just hoping to get the final polish on it. Is that right? 
That's right. That's right. Specifically, and I'm sure you can attest to it, um, the ending. We had a private screening uh, for, you know, cast, crew, family, friends, uh, and the private screening went very, very well. But, you know, you have to kind of be realistic and say, okay, well, who, who consisted of the private screening? You know, so this, the majority of the people were friends, family members, friends of friends. And so it's hard to get anybody to be brutally honest with you about, you know, what they think about the concept or what problems they had. But um, we were able to scrape together some people, I think, that were honest more than others. And, you know, they weren't they didn't really care if they hurt our feelings or whoever's feelings were involved. And like I said before, and if you're in the film industry, you got to have thick skin. And we found some kind of consistencies as far as the critiques went. And so based on those consistencies, it all kind of seemed to revolve around the end. Now it was divisive because there were we had people that were obsessively fanatic, you know, fanatics about the ending and what we what we had done. They loved it. And then we had people that were on the opposite side. They were like, oh, I don't know what happened. I just, you know, like like me, like, well, like <laughs> are you talking about me? <laughs> big, big curveball, big curveball, um, big, you know, WTF there at the end. Um, so we're going to, we have two other options we're going to play with and, uh, and see how they go. And, and to Richard's point, uh, to your point, I'm sorry, when we were speaking earlier, I think that one ending kind of lends itself to the typical four leagues cryptic style. And one ending is kind of a, um, it was a masturbation of things (laughs) that was self-indulgent. That's right. That's right. So I'm allowed uh, so to critique we'll you. We've good rapport, audience. Um, this isn't just some schmo off the street. He's my first guest, <laughs> so I get to berate him a little bit. Which is totally fine. Totally fine. Um, oh, and by, by the way, back to answer your first question about the yeah the phone thing. So the, the, the setting this in the 80s um, also definitely helped because of the lack of technology. There is some uh, obviously there's some struggle that happens in the short film where if X character had a cell phone or access to the internet or any of these things that we have nowadays, it would kind of, the story would dissolve. Well, the modern day is usually like, oh, there's no cell coverage here. Like it has to be stated. And then you always hear <laughs> in the phone, you're like, darling, <laughs> this service is not well, available all the time. Like if, every movie where they're out in the woods and I'm like, oh, there's no cell coverage. <laughs> like but you know, here, here's the thing though you can't get too mad at that because that shit happens you i mean like i, I don't there's a plenty of places here and well, i'm and, sorry you know, at I'm home now city. there's like 97 percent coverage in ireland oh wow home. and the coverage in australia is pretty good i think even in the outback you can get cell coverage so up your game really yeah up your game america yeah. come on well come on now you I mean this is we it's, we're behind we're behind on a lot of shit um we just that's just that's a fact that's a fact people uh but yeah yeah that's why you know we we said you know we were going to have a lot of advantages going into the film because our characters aren't going to have technology at their fingertips to solve some of these issues so that worked for us and we were happy about that so was that that obviously wasn't conscious then that was just like oh this works can i say semi-conscious because i i think what happened I think when I brought up setting a film in the 80s to the group, not not everyone was necessarily on board. Was it a collective and, groan? I was like, oh. Yeah. It's like, oh, Dan in his 80s bullshit again. Um, so that was kind of one of my 
arguments was like, hey, so if we did set this in the 80s, we wouldn't have to worry about them using the cell phone. And then I started to get, you know, a couple people turning to my side and then I used it again. And they were like, yeah, that's fine. But, you know, if you watch the film, I feel like it wasn't um, and, and this was really interesting. I, I never wanted it to be a blatant, like slam you over the head. This is set in the 80s. We didn't go far fetched with some of the stuff that you see in some of these other films. Um, A good example was uh, my, uh, my wife was actually the, she, she picked out and designed kind of the wardrobe and she asked me a question in the beginning. She was like, listen, here's some, so she kind of had these layouts done of different outfits. And she said, so here are the choices. And she said, here's the choice. If you want to go eighties fake, she was like, so when I say 80s fake, these were, this is what people were wearing in the movies from the 80s. Okay. But that's not what they were really wearing in the 80s. Okay. Does okay. that make sense? Yes, it does. And and I said, I, yeah, I said, I don't want the fake 80s. I want this to be what people were really wearing in the 80s. And so that's why the you see Jane and June's outfits, um, which doesn't give anything away from the story, but they're, they're very subtle. It's not... Uh, well, you Not see a, that style yeah. now. I mean, it's definitely making a resurgence. Yeah. I think the yeah. world we live in now, style-wise, there's going to be no defining style of this decade in particular because there's, there's a lot of throwbacks now of like 70s, 80s fashion. But then the noughties was all like bootcut jeans and ropey-looking uh, like plaid shirts and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, back to the grunge, the grunge era again. So, yeah, I mean... I, I I actually love that idea. Could, I'd I'd be happy if the music went back to that era as well. No, <laughs> I don't have to. I don't, I don't have to listen to the bullshit that I hear right now on the radio. Controversial. But I, I digress. <laughs> Very nice. So where were we saying? Oh yeah. So your your wife was picking out all those. So how did she get the authentic eighties look then? How did she research that? If we... Uh, she researched it just based on, I think it was like closed catalogs, um, the catalogs, what they were selling, what was hot back during that time period for like your JC Penney's, yeah. JC Penney's catalogs, uh, stuff like that is very different. I mean, you know, and not, th- not to say that people weren't walking around with like Michael Jackson's thriller jackets, those existed too. But if you watch some of these eighties films, they just went, you know, they're just like flamboyantly a little too over the top and maybe those those that fashion existed in pockets of the u.s i don't know i didn't grow up there yeah of course and then i suppose just like going back to the movies and stuff like you were saying there earlier that most of these you throw them out there as proof of concepts and then you sort of lock them in the vault like walt disney and (laughs) so like the day job obviously we're mentioning is you're in advertising so you're building up this like yeah. re- repertoire of yes. short movies. So what is the next stage in the the movie process then? If you can talk about it, you can keep it all under wraps if needs be. No, no, no. Yeah, uh, there are some things that I think a, a couple of years ago, or I mean, you and I have kind of we've corresponded since Drawn to Fear. I, I just haven't been back on the podcast until now. We've done obviously I think four or five short films. But when it goes into when these when we start submitting them to these horror film festivals, we kind of get a gauge of what's more successful than others, just purely based on which one's getting accepted more. 
which one's unfortunately winning more awards. And I, I hate to gauge short films based on that, but it's just the reality of, of giving it's like a litmus test. And, and then you get more feedback from people, the more exposure it's getting out in that festival circuit. Uh, and of the films that we've done so far, tethered has done really, really well. Uh, tethered we released last year in 2017 and it just kind of took off tethered. The short film is actually going to be part of an anthology that will be coming out next year. And in the meantime, what we what we did this past year was we wrote a feature script for Tethered, and that is in the hands of two different places. One has a first look with it, and we are waiting to hear back from them, which will actually not. We, we will definitely hear back from them by the end of this month of November, uh, and depending on where they sit. Uh, we will be moving forward either with financing, co-financing or financing from them, or we will be independently financing this and moving forward in 2019 to shoot it as a feature film. Superb. And is that a case of independently financing that you'd look for backers? You wouldn't go down the very wishy-washy crowdfunding route because, um, as I was mentioning, <laughs> uh, sometimes that doesn't always work out. So we'll yeah, just be I, looking for like uh, independent uh, investors in themselves, like uh, some oil baron who just wants to invest money in the arts. Well, you, you know, we're our group is uh, stationed down here in North Carolina, so uh, there's a lot of uh, wealthy Southern men down here and, and women. <laughs> uh, no, it's I actually we've never done a Kickstarter, never done a crowdfunding. I'm a believer. Maybe this is a little more too traditional for me, but I believe in getting people to back you that really know what they're getting involved with. So, of course, um, that they actually know and, and the I, the actual pits and falls, and they're yes. in the business kind of thing. That they're like, yeah, I see potential yeah. in this. Yeah, like, and and hey, I I, I don't want to, you know, I I believe in my projects, and I believe that they're going to be successful, and I want them to believe in them too, and not just say, hey, I'm you know, giving you money because, well, it sounds like you're going to have fun with it. Well, um, definitely. I mean, without ruining the mystique behind the movies, but uh, how you said they're produced and the quality that you produce, like I'm absolutely floored in what you can do with <laughs> what you have. Um, so I think it, like if you had any good bit of backing, especially for a feature, I'm like edge of my seat waiting for this project and... I know you can't necessarily Thank talk you, about it, but I'm Thank very you. excited with the, we'll say the industries and people you're involved with. I'm, I wish we could talk about it because it's very exciting. But yeah, just... I mean, obviously, yeah, you know the name of one of these people, and 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 that's a good person to know. And the other one is, so we're waiting on the where we're waiting on the the, the company by the end of this month. Their decision kind of dictates how we have to go about the independent financing because if they get involved with us, they're going to back-end finance it, and they would be on it for half of what we're going to do it for. So we wouldn't have to look for you know the full amount. And that's that's a tricky thing, uh, you know, how much we're going to shoot this for um, because we've done these short films for so little it's my in my mind we could do a feature length for a very small amount compared to what most even what most independent films are doing out there you could be looking um, at the next I, blair witch 
18,000 to yeah. paranormal activity. Yeah. You probably could. So, and, and, and that's a very, um, that, so that, that's the, those big studios out there really like that concept. They're like, well, you think you can shoot this for X? Like, that's nuts. And that's the, that's kind of the problem is when we're walking around saying we're going to shoot it for X amount of dollars. And I'm, I'm, I just can't share that right now. But if, you know, we're, these, the big studios are looking at that saying, well, you guys don't know what you're doing then. Well, you could and, have a really good catering budget, caviar, <laughs> champagne every day. Right. It's like, all right, well, you guys go ahead and finance this for the amount that you want. And then we'll just, uh, you know, we'll have a shitload of food because we're not going to need all of it. Um, and that's just, that's just the, and I'm not trying to undercut what other people are doing out there. And I you think have a good effects budget, wink, but... wink. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I do see, um, I, I do see us realistically, uh, shooting tethered as a feature film next year. And in the meantime, you know, while we're playing this, fi- you know, financing waiting game, we're just still working on short films. As a matter of fact, see, I waited. I had a little piece for you here that I didn't discuss with you. Ooh. I was waiting until ready for this. Ooh. I believe that our group is going to be headed to Italy in March. Now, this is not set in stone, but right now I think we're going to head to Italy in March to shoot a short film of horror. Oh, wow. Where in Italy? Kind of crazy, right? Uh, Northern Italy. Um, and I can't think of the name of this. It's a very small town. And why is that? Is it just an excuse to get the crew out on a little holiday <laughs> errand? No, it's actually uh, our writer uh, Cooper. He's got a, a friend connection that lives out there, and um, I don't know if I can divulge some of this information, but he has a hell of a location for us to shoot at. Something that when we found out we could shoot at this place that he owns, yeah, we were like, we can't pass that up. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because I was speaking with someone as well recently, uh, Jude Walco. He knew someone that owned a castle in France. And oh, he was like, oh, man, that's cool. let's fly out and make a movie in the castle. And it was really fun, actually. Yeah. It's called The Incantation. You should uh, check it out. Oh, and they did? Yeah, they did. And it has, what's the guy who used to play Superman in The Adventures of Superman and Lois Lane? Dean Cain. Oh, Dean Cain D- is in, oh, so, okay. Yeah, it's this actually is an independent horror film. Yeah, it is. It's actually quite fun. Yeah, okay. <laughs> go back and listen to I'll that episode, uh, audience, if you haven't heard it already. <laughs> My own okay. self plug. That was good. That was good. Yeah. So no, that's uh, really exciting, though. Uh, so it, it, back to your question about the whole proof of concept, having these things kind of in in the vault. Uh, this was not. Was this? So this is 2018. So last year, Tethered played at uh, Final Frame film festival which is part of StokerCon, which is part of the horror writers association and it is a phenomenal little competitive well i would just say i would call it a film competition it's not necessarily a three-day or two-day event uh jonathan lees is the festival director and programmer and he only selects like anywhere from 10 to 15 films and if you get in and you're one of these films, you the you have this opportunity to have, it's a pretty intimate audience. I mean, because you have all these horror writers that are attending it, basically. And the judges panel, he just gets some really big names um, in the industry. It's almost like a, so, pitch, a pitch pool, sort of. Kind of, yeah. yes, yes. And so last year, uh, Tethered 
was it 2017? Yeah, 2017, Tethered was there. Two year, and be, before that, Drawn to Fear was there. So we'd gone back to back, which was super, like, it was a huge feather in our cap. And when we were there for Tethered, I met and spoke with Mike Flanagan. And he sat there and, and we were talking about um, short films and, you know, what to do with those things. And one of the piece of advice that he gave was, listen, you know, you, you do this short film, kind of save it as a proof of concept, script with it, and keep it. If you go to a studio, you know, Tom, and you're pitching that to them, they could very well say, well, you know what? We're not interest, interested in this one, but what else do you have? And if you have these things in the vault, then you can say, well, I got this. Yeah, of course. You just plot that down. Yeah, no, because I've had loads of people so, saying, like, it's important to actually build your portfolio yeah. for opportunities like this where you're like, well, if you want more of this, I actually do have this. You can just, like, produce yeah. it, like, out of your back pocket. And they're like, oh, this guy has some chops. He's actually done some stuff. As opposed to, like, yeah. oh, this is my dream project just to do one short and it's all I have. And I was like, well, sorry, pal. You need to do more. <laughs> sorry, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Good try. No, and I suppose, like, with the tethered feature film then would you be directing that yourself like could you is it one of these things where it's like introducing dan robinette you know if it ever I, did get traction yeah i can't that's a that's a question that's come up with a few people that i've that i know from the film industry you know the the, the question was you know if, if a studio is interested in, in doing this thing um are you willing to let it go and have someone step in as a you know studio says well we're going to have this person direct and I, and I said no no i'm not okay with that i've i've, I've slaved i worked my ass off you know doing this thing no, no the whole point is is for my group to produce this and it doesn't just include me directing it includes you know aaron sorges our cinematographer and jeremy tassoni who's our editor and jeff cox who's our producer and kayla who's also our producer and uh, matt Busick who scores our stuff i would like my team in there well and that's that's who i believe in that's who i've done this with so that's why getting you know kind of independently financing this ourselves is really appealing because yeah. we would kind of have control over saying hey we can do this we just uh we just need to set aside the time and get some people to put some money behind us yeah so i mean the question is there i mean independent film and i, I did pose that question to you before if you had to give up your baby for someone else to do it like obviously yeah. you still stand on that but like given that independent movies are mostly a a passionate thing and you know you you kind of put what you can into them yeah like to sacrifice well not sacrifice but if there if there was a paycheck in jeopardy over in this case really it it is pride you can call it pride so if it was yeah. on the line that it was like well look i don't think we can move ahead if your team is here because there's too much risk and uh, we don't know you've never done a feature we do want to back it we'll take that script off you you'll get a nice little payout but are you willing to dig your heels in then and say well now nah, you're not having it and then never have that opportunity again that you could be like burning bridges has that come up i know that's a bit of I a, don't know. a heavy question there that's that's a good question i i guess <laughs> that's a it's a tough question i would say that i think um uh, i think my pride would win out and i would want to say then we will pass but because there are other people involved in our film group it is not solely my decision and i would have and and i totally respect it if if you know the majority of the, the people in the film group said hey let's let's take this that's where i go 
Yeah. So well, it is four leagues media. There's there's four heads there. So yeah, it, would would it have to be democratic in that regard then? Would it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there's there's four heads, but there's actually more people involved than just. Um, Originally, it was me, Jeff, Aaron, and Jeremy, and now part of our group is also Kayla, Stir, Cooper Thornton, and Michael Scott, um, and then Matt Dusick, who we like to consider part of four leagues, even though he lives in Philadelphia. Everybody else lives here. It's like nine High leagues media now. Yeah, it's like nine leagues media. And yeah, I mean, we, we need to figure out, you know, do we just always keep the name? Do we change it to 4LM? And I was like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's not, I'm not concerned about that right now. I'm concerned, yeah. you know, about the the product we're putting out. So, of course, yeah, no, because it is like I'd be thinking about these things if it was me. I'd be like, ooh, pride or not, you know, because I'd <laughs> I'd like to think, you know, I'd like to think, yeah, like, oh no, I'll do? do it for the arts. See, it's very hard if someone um sat across from me and said, "Here's a million in cash. I want to buy your script." I'd be like, "Fuck, I don't know." Like the money's there in front of you, and how long would it take to actually? earn that you know doing the day job where it's it's more or less a grind for a lot of people it's it's very hard right. to say i mean I and, haven't and been or taking the a opportunity. risk yeah it is a big risk i mean the risk is if it really takes off and you took a bad deal or you took a bad contract that oh well this movie went on to gross 100 million like the new halloween <laughs> or whatever and yeah it's like well fuck i just didn't even do a profit share you know there's many <laughs> things that you're like it's tough because you hear like horror stories like co-founder of apple or something selling his like 30 percent of the company for like like 20 oh yeah like two grand <laughs> and you know it's worth like billions now like i'd shoot myself if i if i was yeah. him just seeing how things take off but that is like all retrospective like bitcoin and stuff where people are like oh i heard about bitcoin when it just came out uh, the like, surge yeah yeah cryptocurrency but, yeah exactly like stuff like that is like hindsight's 2020 in that regard and you have to take it as it comes i suppose um like i, I do hope you do get the best deal because i would love to see like a full feature four leagues media it would have been i think the dream would have been realized for me having started off in the podcast because I wanted this to be like quite poetic that this was you were the first guest and I'm not going to say last guest but the last moving forward guys there is going to be a lot of changes in the podcast if you're listening uh so just a heads up on that but to be the last uh I suppose the regular yeah you made it interview. seem so ominous you yeah made it seem ominous for the listeners no the the the, the changes are <laughs> Uh, interviews will not be as frequent guys because if you have been listening intently i'm currently down in australia and it is very tough we had a, a lot of hard time uh trying to even organize this stand didn't we yeah yeah we did so, yeah so what what i'm trying to say is like the dream was the podcast was going to be a platform for like independent creators and horror writers directors etc and then i can almost see it with yourself you're like you're you're nearly breaking out and it's like wow we're that's... there we're right there you yeah. discovered us dude you discovered me <laughs> so i want to thank you, you in your speech full credit exactly i want when we're accepting that oscar i want to yeah. hear a shout out i, I want to <laughs> get the shout out before your wife <laughs> <laughs> at first i'd like i have to address richard martin yeah exactly uh, no, but... richard 
but if like if that is kind of what i was like oh yes this is amazing like well we're not there yet we don't want to jinx anything <laughs> but yeah, if, well, you if know, you understand my sentiments kinda... in that regard because if just we'll say if we come back in two years time if yeah if you had like changed we'll say it all took off and you're getting deals at front and center and i tried to email you and i got like no reply and stuff i were like wow you've just like fucked off uh, on everyone the biggest dick in the world uh, and, and you, you probably i mean you know me well enough that's not me no uh, i know i, I, I know. wouldn't be that guy but but i've seen I, I think that the those those people exist in hollywood no they do indeed i mean yeah. don't forget where you've come from like don't forget your roots kind of thing and i think that's always yeah. like very important on a, a different tangent like you know the people that you step on on the way up you have to meet them on the way back down too <laughs> Like, <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it that's the the old saying oh really. like hey you're still there yeah exactly you know once if the fall from grace the, you have to you know reach out to people and if you piss them off on the way up you yeah. know keep your ties I suppose that, it, that's really that's super important to me and, and it's something that I'm, I, I stress actually with our group all the time is you know hey even the smallest fan or the smallest comment, these are, we were, you know, we, we just started kind of getting heavy into promoting ourselves on social media, um, specifically Facebook. And with Nervous Breakdown, um, there's a little, a lot of cross promotion and a lot of, a huge wave of new likes and followers because the guy that plays the sheriff, uh, his name is Chris Kelly and he is a big, big time DJ here. Um, in the southeast okay. he's part of a show called rock 92 three two guys named chris show and so there's all these people that already followed the rock 92 three show and the two chris's so you have all these people and their show is really they're hilarious and it's very and they can be kind of brutal with joking with one another and so their fans are like not all of them but a lot of them are pretty brutal <laughs> uh so they make, you know, these comments about some of these posts and you read some of these comments and, and they're just like skewering. I mean, and w when I say these comments about like when we posted a trailer or posted a poster or a marketing still, anytime Chris was in it, they were, you know, it's just they attacked him with how he looked or something like that. And and uh, a few of us in our group were like, man, we should just say something back to them or, you know, tell them to like ease up. And I'm like, nope, just just let it go. You got to let those comments go. These are just people that are they're they're voicing they're trying to be funny or they're making their comments and you cannot get into a, an argument with these people right now at this point because we're starting to get to that point where we're going to do something next year and and let's just kind of keep the slate clean and yeah of course. you know not it's piss just, anybody don't, off don't feed the trolls as they say yeah and absolutely don't feed the trolls yeah very important not to feed them <laughs> yes yeah so exactly i was like that's what i told aaron i said oh my god as soon as you say something bam it's going to be a hundred times worse. Exactly. No, it is. And yeah, I suppose like when, yeah, you said the end of this month, um, I wish we had some news actually. <laughs> I'm like at the edge of my seat. <laughs> well, I, I mean, we're going to, I'd say the news would be that we are without a doubt going to shoot Tethered as a feature film in 2019. We just don't know right now who is going to be behind financing it because we already have we basically already have the opportunities in front of us to do it on our own but 
contractually we have to wait to hear back from this company by the end of this month yeah of course and then is it a case of like do you have three different versions for different budgets are you saying guys no honestly in all honesty we can do it for a third of the budget like that you're proposing or do you think it's a use it or lose it kind of thing will you just take a bigger paycheck well, you know, that was something that, that we talked about. I mean, you know, the, the budget that we get is that there's going to be some money that goes obviously towards the, the, the main crew and then obviously or the, the crew that we have to hire to shoot this thing. But, um, you know, I think that that's kind of something that we all, our group's going to discuss. Like, we don't have to take huge chunks out. It's our, obviously our first feature film. We're not, you know, we don't have names out there. And I think we all agreed that if we could at least just get this get a you know an, an actor that has a name to play one of these main characters we actually in, in the feature there's going to be without giving anything away there's there is another character that's involved other than solomon well there's two um, characters more or less in the short so how many characters are going to be in the feature that's i think it's it would be like four three or okay. four because i'm like Given the concept and everything, it was really good. It was like a very intriguing yeah. short. I'm puzzled, and I have all the faith in the world, but I am puzzled as to how it's going to be a feature or how it would be mm. fleshed out. Because I've mm-hmm. seen, I've seen people, you know, fall by the sword of trying to pad out what is essentially a short story. Um, I right. have seen that in the past, so. Like given the feedback and obviously you've gotten some traction and there has to be some rounds of we'll say review before it gets passed upwards um are people happy with the script right now yes yes uh that has been that has been that was a process and we got um we went through kind of several different who's writing this like kind of put someone in at the helm of being the writer and ultimately our cinematographer aaron was the one that ended up writing the majority of it uh but it was a collective effort again you know it's it's us sitting down kind of saying well this needs to be in here and let's change that and then us all giving our edits in so it's a really grueling complicated probably over complicated process and that's why i think it took so long for us to actually write the feature but at the same time what we had when we shot the short film was were a lot of reasons that we couldn't explain in the short film just because of the time. Yeah. Uh, so we had a lot of other elements that were built into this world that we didn't have time to explain, which is why when we were happy with the success, because we thought, well, we could do this feature. And I think you, you nailed it, though. The problem, not the problem, but we knew that people that had seen the short might think, well, how do you do a feature about this one? You know, the short film, what what it was like, a, it's a slow burn short film that centers around a boy. Right. And yeah. um, and the feature still the bulk of it is there. I mean, no, not the bulk. There's another character that has a very important role. OK, I see. So, yes, it's, it's so that character specifically is the one that I'm looking to cast. Well, and I, I suppose... would love to get a name. Yeah, like the big thing is, regardless of seeing the short, you have to always think about it like no one has seen this, like it's fresh again. Yes. Because yes. if you're worried about me going to see this in hopefully world, like worldwide release, yes, that I've seen 
the short and I, I know it might be coming but it's like yes this is the feature version of the same story so obviously I know what's happening it's like someone that reads a book or a Game of Thrones or something they know it's right. coming but they're still at the edge of their seat I think if you were a fan of this sh- I think if you're a fan of the short film that you will be highly entertained with the feature the feature story okay. I think I think that you'll sit there and watch it and you'll I think you'll be smiling from ear to ear as to what we did to introduce new elements, change a few things, and kind of adjust and shift the world. Okay. Well, I'm actually going to ask on air now. I'm going to put you on the spot. Is oh, no. Any, is there any chance that I can read the script, or is it all locked up? No, 100%. I'll send it to you tonight. Oh, perfect. Excellent. See, the perks guys of setting up a podcast. <laughs> uh, because I, I very much value the relationship I have with you. You've, you've been great to, to me and to us and, and helping us promote ourselves. So, yeah, of uh, course. I mean, no, cause... absolutely. And we and we totally respect your opinion. I've, you know, we may disagree on some films, <laughs> Avatar, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I think that we see eye to eye on a lot of things. Yeah, Especially definitely. kind of the you know we don't we're i don't think we're going to produce films that are um just flat out kind of hit you over the head gore you know or all these it it, our stuff kind of has a little more meaning and depth to it but and i'm not saying that i don't like those other films i love all types of horror but that's just not our style so yeah because i geez i think it was nearly last year now actually um i had i didn't approach you but i pitched a concept of a short to you and you were kind of fairly intrigued and I never got yeah, around bro. to uh, bro. I never got around to I don't know how to get around to a tackling that one but I don't want to give anything away just in case any eager filmmaker who's listening but yeah I suppose we can talk it's a super air. cool concept <laughs> I, I, I shared it with the group and we thought that the concept was it's it's original and we haven't seen it and you have a very unique like not unique but uh the perspective on it is very cool yeah i mean uh probably my my old man will be listening uh the two of us kind of cemented the concept he'll know what i'm talking about if he's listening but yeah it the project would be in safe hands uh if i think it went to four leagues so i think that's oh, definitely really? something i think that's something we definitely should revisit at some stage ah I think we should yeah and i'd have to come over for a cameo <laughs> oh yeah yeah well you and you had didn't you uh you did it did you do a cameo was it an audio cameo or was it actual uh physical cameo last was it last year that you were yes yes that hasn't come out yet it's actually an audio cameo um it's a movie coming out called skeleton cop that's right that's i right. am a radio dispatcher um like, like a cop dispatcher or whatever so Hopefully, I'll make the See, final cut. It hasn't come out yet, but well, yeah, I'll make sure to send you a, co- a copy once I get it. Hey, I mean, the guy, like I said, uh, and I'm not trying to plug Nervous Breakdown again, but Chris Kelly, the guy that plays, you know, the sheriff in the film since you've seen it, not an actor. And although there, you know, there, there may have been uh, moments where he could have shined a little bit more, uh, I do kind of blame how much I pushed the schedule and that night was, you know, there are some moments where I, I think that we probably pushed a little too hard to get shots in. Um, but overall, you know, I think he did a hell of a job. And, and my point is that, you know, it's, we don't always need, you know, 
to look for these, you know, super great, talented, you know, actors that are out there. I think that there's lots of people that can that can act if you just give them the the chance. I'm not I'm not saying that you're looking at an acting career, but I'd be happy to to put you in one of our films. I don't know if I had to be in a movie now. I'd need to either have a toupee <laughs> or, or, <laughs> or a fully shaved head. Right now, I don't know am I fit for the screen. <laughs> But definitely Stop my dulcet tones can be a radio dispatcher for now. And But is there anything I've missed that you'd like to talk about there? We kind of covered it. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure there's always something, you know, in the end where I'm like, oh, I forgot to say this. I yeah. To say that, but... Been an absolute pleasure again. I think we've covered a lot there and there's loads of excitement uh, coming into the near future. And yes, yeah, you definitely need to tell me uh, what the final decision is at the end of uh, November and hopefully if you're allowed to disclose I could maybe give it a mention to the three listeners I'm sure they won't uh, ruin any contract uh, opportunities there for you but Dan it's been an absolute pleasure once again we'll have to reconvene in a, another two years or probably less we'll see but it's yeah definitely going to be less because it's going to be uh when when we have breaking news i'll be coming to you first on on some some additional fronts so um there's always stuff going on for us there's just a lot of what do you call them irons in the fire excellent so. oh um, and by the way real quick i wanted to say one last thing uh thought the monster mash podcasts were fantastic i just wanted to say that i know i told you that earlier but i wanted the the listeners out there to know as well that I was like thoroughly entertained by that. Everything that you did, including the the introduction, I loved, 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 and uh, and I agree with your assessment at the end. <laughs> Excellent. And I suppose Robert Christopher would be very happy to hear that someone actually listened. <laughs> yeah, Robert. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, uh, yeah, I told Richard you were fantastic, man. It was great, great listening. Super. See, and he's actually another American. It's not just uh, all the Irish friends and family that <laughs> I have who are listening. <laughs> That's right. Dan, where can uh, people find you online there? And all this will be in the show notes, but if you just want to give your own personal plugs or any extra details. Yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter at Green Dragon Dan. You can always email me at, which is Dan at Four Leagues Media. That's the number four. Um, and you can find our website for our production company at fourleaguesmedia.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fourleaguesmedia. Nervous Breakdown is going to be hitting the film festivals uh, probably next year, early next year, end of this year, if there are any. I'm not sure if there are. Um, and there are also uh, Facebook and Twitter pages that are linked through uh, Four Leagues to get to, to find those individual ones for Nervous Breakdown. Superb. Again, Dan great to chat to you and i wish you all the best with the news at the end of this one i'm sure we'll definitely be in touch so thank you for coming on for the end of season two it's been a, a long and adventurous two years that that you could be a part of it oh man thank you richard it's been a blast and that was my chat with daniel robinette very exciting news with him great chap always love chatting with him and this concludes the end of season two so get ready for a fresh lick of paint moving into season three and i wish everyone a all the best until the next episode take care everyone come back any time